master of every battle. He can help us overcome. In Jesus' name, we have all power. Mighty God, hallelujah. 
Lift up the name of Jesus. How many of you are ready to lift up the name of the Lord today? Amen. Thank you, choir and musicians and all of you that are involved in helping us each day and each morning that we gather in the house of God to be able to enter into the presence of God. What a joy it is to be in the presence of God and to feel His power, His love. And This is an exciting time. This is a Sunday that we call Vision Sunday because we are uh, setting the tone for what we believe the Lord is calling us to do as a church in the year 2016. We trust everyone had a great holiday time, Christmas and New Year's, and it's a, it's a great time to just sort of take inventory of our, of our lives and our hearts and, and to see what it is that God would have us to do this year. Amen. So we are excited about that as a church. Uh, we have a lot of focus this year on really working um, with those that God blesses us with uh, every week that come to the house of the Lord, and our focus is going to be on getting people connected to the body of Christ. We are doing a lot of changes. You can see we've changed our logo. We're going to be changing our cafe, and uh, we're going to be actually making it a real live cafe with coffee and all kinds of refreshments. And so when you come on Sunday, you can come and have breakfast right here. Amen. It's going to be a, a great time. We're changing the name from Christian Cafe to Connections Cafe. It's going to be a, a great time. We uh, redoing all of our discipleship training, our connection classes. You're going to be hearing a lot about that. Next Sunday, uh, I believe they'll have the new welcome uh, package for you. We've been putting together a lot of new materials, and we've had a great team of people that's been helping us with this. So a lot of good things are going to be happening in 2016. But what we want to talk to you about today is really what is it that God is calling us to do as a body. I want to turn your attention to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we begin in verse 1. Let me say something about uh, Purpose Institute. Uh, if you've not uh, been a part of Purpose Institute, you'll want to jump in and be a part of that. Uh, we're actually, next month, we'll even have uh, uh, Brother Mike Feaster, one of our favorite evangelists, will be with us in the month of February. It's going to be a great time. He's going to be with us two Sundays, but he'll also be speaking in our Friday night session of Purpose Institute uh, to all of our leaders, so we invite all of you to jump in and be a part of Purpose Institute. It'll run this semester for four months, January, February, March, and April. And uh, we just really want to grow in the Lord with uh, some uh, great Bible teaching from Bishop Myers and some of our uh, teachers, Brother and Sister Johnson, some of our very best teachers. And uh, we're going to be going into the Word in a very strong, powerful way and leadership principles that are taught on Friday night. You'll be blessed. Uh, by all of that, and so we're looking forward to that. Some great things are going to be happening over the next couple of months, and um, we want all of you to be a part of it, because we believe that God is raising up not just strong, committed Christians, but leaders, influencers. You know, you can live this life, be an influence, or you can be an influencer, and I believe that's what God is calling uh, us to be as apostolic Christians. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity I am nothing and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor 
And though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. And then looking down at verse 13 of the same chapter. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. I want to talk to you this morning on this thought, ascending hearts, ascending hearts. Would you bow your heads and pray? Lord, we are thankful for your presence, thankful for your glory, thankful for the opportunity to worship you. We ask you, God, that you would help us to be able to receive from your word today and that our lives and our minds will be radically changed by the principles and the promises of your word. Thank you for this opportunity in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. I believe as Paul was uh, writing uh, these words that he was doing more than just writing these words to the church in Corinth. Uh, I believe that Paul was also uh, preaching this message to himself. He was the one that we know from Scripture uh, struggled with uh, John Mark uh, who wanted to come back and join the missionary evangelism team of Barnabas and Paul. And uh, he had left earlier to go back home. I, we don't know. The Bible doesn't say if he was homesick or, you know, he just didn't think it was what it, he was, you know, going to be. It was different than what his original perceptions were. But whatever the excuse or whatever the purpose, whatever the reason, whatever the need, John Mark had, had left that team and had gone back home. And now he was ready to rejoin. And so he wanted to rejoin Paul and Barnabas on their missionary journeys. And Paul said no. Paul said no. You had your opportunity, and you chose to leave us, and so, you know, we're not out here babysitting. Now, the Bible doesn't say all this. Now, I'm adding this, so this give me a little creative license here. But, uh, you know, you had your opportunity, and now you want to come back, but, you know, that door has shut. We're moving on. This is missionary work. This is evangelism. This is not, you know, uh, being at home with your mama babying you. So, uh, no thank you. So, Paul wouldn't let him join. He wouldn't let him come back. Barnabas was much different. Barnabas thought that they should allow him. And, and the contention between Paul and Barnabas was so strong that they literally split up their evangelism team because Barnabas wanted John Mark to be able to come back. And uh, so uh, Barnabas ends up going with John, and they start evangelizing together. And Paul ends up with Silas. That's how he ends up with Silas. That's how, you know, in Acts 16, we read that Paul and Silas were preaching in Philippi, and they put him in jail. And and then, you know, they were beaten and all of that and put in the innermost prison and told the prisoner you know, that they had to be quiet and that the, the jail uh, guard, if anybody escaped, you know, then it was going to be his life. And so Paul and Barnabas, we re, or Paul and Silas, rather, we read about this in Acts 16. They're worshiping at midnight, singing songs and praising God. How many of you know you can worship God in any circumstance? They're praising God, worshiping God at midnight and all of that. And, and, and the Lord responds to praise, and there's this massive earthquake that takes place, and the jail doors all pop open, and the bars pop open, and the, you know, the guard comes running in there, getting ready to take his own life, because he thinks all the prisoners are gone, and Paul says, we're all here, do yourself no harm. That's how Paul ended up with Silas. Barnabas, you know, ends up with, with John Mark, and so I don't think that Paul, I, I know Paul was a great student, I know he was a great teacher. And I know he was a person that was well-educated, and he was obviously fearless. He was a gifted writer. Most of the New Testament, you know, is, is written all these Pauline epistles and all that. But I think Paul really struggled with this one particular area. I think Paul had a problem with people that were not 
in his view, fully committed. And it wasn't easy for him to love these kind of folks. Now, I know it is easy for y'all to love everybody, but I think Paul struggled a little bit with having this overwhelming love for every single person, regardless of the circumstance. And I can relate to Paul. I want to tell you firsthand that I struggle loving crazy people. I do. And one of the things that really bothers me is people that won't take care of their kids. I'm glad I'm not alone. We were, we were flying back yesterday, and we were on a four-hour flight, and this lady, she had two five-year-old twin boys, and she got back there, and uh, she was rearranging people. You know, and people were happy to accommodate. One lady had a nice window seat, and she got up and moved over here and got in a middle seat because I think she was trying to accommodate this lady and, and her two boys. But the lady had no, in, no intention of sitting with her two five-year-olds. She was in first class. So... My whole family was on this flight, so if y'all don't believe me, ask my wife or the kids, all right? So she came back and made everybody move around so the boys could sit together, and then she left two five-year-olds, and she went up to first class and sat there. And now we have two five-year-olds back here that are untended. Now, what should have happened is that this lady that had two five-year-olds and this one lady that got up and moved and went over to this middle seat, she should have given her the first class seat. And she sat back there with her kids, but she didn't. And that's pretty indicative of the narcissistic society that we live in today. And uh, so she came out there, and she's going to go out, and she's going to sit in a comfortable seat. And the two five-year-olds are back there, and the five-year-olds are five-year-olds. And uh, so when the flight was over, she come back there to get her kids, and everybody around was telling this lady what a bad mother she was. And this one lady said she had a handful of pillows and blankets and toys. She said all of these things were thrown at my husband and I during the flight because you would not sit with your children. That's what she told us. And she said, no, that's not true. My boys are good boys. And this other guy from New York that was sitting behind her, he said, actually, they're not. <laughs> and this guy from New York proceeded to say, and the problem is not the boys. The problem is you. What kind of a mother would sit in first class and leave your five-year-olds back here? <laughs> I mean... You know, people from New York, well, I mean, he just gave her the right. And so then later, we were talking with the flight attendants. My wife said, you know, what's the rule on that? Can, are they allowed to sit? She said, what happened was, there was actually a husband involved, too. We didn't know this, because we never saw him. There was a husband. And oh, by the way, over a four-hour flight, she never came back and checked on him one time in over four hours. And so we found out later there was a husband involved. And here's what the flight attendants told us. The flight attendants said this. They said there were four of them, they were all together, and what had happened was the airline, Delta Airlines, had upgraded two seats, thinking that one parent would go with one child in first class and the other parent would sit with the other child in coach. And the flight attendant said, we had no idea that both parents would take first class and leave two five-year-olds back there. But she says, you know what, you learn something new every day. And you know what? The Lord had already put this sermon in my heart, and I thought to myself, how can people do that? And the Lord spoke to me and said, you got to love even people like that. I said, I do? I really don't want to. I can relate to Paul. I think Paul struggled with this. 
Okay, John Mark's young. Okay, he made some mistakes. But you know what? I'm not out here babysitting, wiping noses, trying to help you grow up. This is what you got to put on your big boy pants. We're not out here for you. And I think sometimes the church has got to grow up and say, wait a second. This is not about me. This is about souls. This is about reaching people. It's not about who has the best parking spot. It's not about who's got the best seat in the church. It's what about souls? It's what about people? The Lord was working me over and gave me a real life example just yesterday about this. And, and, and I thought about this in the Old Testament. You know, Jabez prayed a, a powerful prayer in the Old Testament. And, and he asked God to enlarge his coast. And you've probably heard of the book, The Prayer of Jabez. It was, it was a famous book. It was a very small book, so sold a lot. And people, you know, just could read it very easily. And in this, he talks about the way that Jabez prayed this prayer. And it was so powerful because when, when you read that, that Jabez prayed that his coast would be enlarged, it, it makes you wonder what exactly was he referring to. I think the coast is this part of his heart that he was wanting to be enlarged or to remove these boundaries. Now, let me just stop for a moment and talk about what exactly boundaries would that be. I think that there's stopping points. I think there's stopgap measures in all of us where we'll only go this far and then no further. And Jabez prayed, and, and he said, enlarge my coast. And, and what does that mean? That means more faith, more commitment, more determination. Whatever it is, he wanted his boundaries to be expanded. And so with that, I thought, this is something that has to happen to all of us. And I'll preach to myself today, and you can just listen in. I think this is something that has to happen in my own heart. I have to pray that God would remove the boundaries and say, you know what, I want my heart to be enlarged. I'm praying that God would enlarge my heart. Now, I know that in a natural sense, we don't want an enlarged heart. That means that, you know, we got a heart disease. But in the spiritual sense, uh, we've got to pray and say, God, I want you to enlarge my heart. I want to love like never before. I want to be able to feel your presence and know that you are at my side and that I'm not alone. And I want to love you and I want to love God and the things of God and the people of God more than ever before. But for that to happen, we've got to have this enlarged heart that these boundaries would be removed so that we can love more. And so that's what I'm praying for this year. I believe that is our theme for 2016, that we would love God, love church, and love people. If we could break it down into those three specific categories, love God, love church, and love people. We've got to love more. We've got to forgive more. We've got to worship more. And if we made this our theme for 2016 and broke it down into those three areas, love God, love church, and love people. Let's talk for just a moment about loving God because the Old Testament, I believe, can be wrapped up in one simple statement. It, it is the first and the greatest of all the commandments, but I believe all of the Old Testament, if you could, if you could just wrap your arms around the entire Old Testament, I believe it can all be wrapped up in this one simple statement. Are you ready? Love God more than anything else. There you go. I saved you from reading the entire Old Testament. Just one statement. Love God more than anything else. Love God more than your house. Love God more than your marriage. Love God more... 
It sounds easy to do, but when you start adding specifics to it, love God more than your car, love God more than your job, love God more than your hobbies, love God more than yourself. Oh, well, you say, I love God more than myself. Really? Would you rather pray than watch your favorite movie? This is how you can tell if you love God more than you love you. Will you spend time with God rather than spend time on what the flesh enjoys doing, which is usually entertainment-based? But all of the Old Testament can be wrapped up in just love God more than anything else. Now, in a time when you and I, in 2016, when we struggle to keep our affections focused on what is really important, we must expand our horizon to love God like never before. Now, to love God is more than just an abstract statement. To love God, it can be demonstrated in some very specific ways. Now, let me go over real quick with you. To really love God is demonstrated in obedience. <laughs> you can't say you love God, but you won't obey His Word. If you really love God, then you'll obey the Word of God. In fact, I'll go so far to say that loving God and obeying His Word is the same thing. People say, oh, I love God, but oh, I don't like that scripture. I don't think that applies to us. I don't think that's relevant. I don't think that works. If you really love God, then you'll obey every part of the word of God. You won't just pick and choose the good and the bad. You'll say, God, I love you. I don't understand it, but I love you so much. I'm going to obey what your word says to do. Now, loving God and obeying God is the same. You say, well, how do we know? Well, think about it in terms of your own natural relationships. If your children come up to you every day and tell you, mom or dad, I love you, and your heart just melts, and you say, okay, but then they don't obey you. After a while, you will not believe them when they come up and say, dad, I love you, or mom, I love you. You'll say, thank you. And your heart will melt, but then you'll feel compelled to mention something that happened recently that caused you to not interpret their actions as love. You know why? Because love is demonstrated in obedience. If we really love God, we'll obey God. You say, well, I don't know what to obey God. Read his word. The Bible makes it clear. If we are going to be in a relationship with the Lord, we've got to follow his word. Not just what I want to do, but what does God want me to do? Now, here's another way you can know if you're loving God more. And that is, loving God is demonstrated in faithfulness. Faithfulness. Love of God is demonstrated in faithfulness. You say, how do you know that? Well, think about your relationships. If your wife says, oh, I love you, but she's sleeping around on you all the time, you're going to start doubting that. Hello, somebody. We're all humans here. Let's be real. Love is demonstrated by faithfulness. You stand in arms and I'll love you, the good, the bad, the worst, you know, life and this and that, and da 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 da. And you make all those commitments, and then you go out and you're like, wow, you're not what I thought you were going to be. Your feet stink, you know, like we saw in that movie. The war room. You got to deal with all the stuff you didn't know when you were dating. You thought she was going to do this. You thought this and that, da, da, da. I mean, come on, let's be real. If you really love, you've got to be faithful. Saying yes to one and saying no to everybody else. You've got to say, God, I love you. And because I love you, I'm saying yes to you and no to everything else. 
And I'm not going to just love you when I'm in a good service or in a good mood or feeling like worshiping you. I'm going to love you when things happen in my life that I don't have an explanation to. I'm not going to stay home because I'm mad at God because I had a bad week on my job. I love you so much. I'm going to be there every time the doors are open. I'm not going to say, God, I'm finding somewhere else to go. I'm finding something else to believe. I will be faithful to you. So what are we saying? Expand our heart. Enlarge our heart to love God more than ever before. And it's demonstrated through obedience, and it's demonstrated through faithfulness. When, when the Lord asked Peter if he loved him, Peter confirmed three times, he said to him, then feed my sheep. Our love for God has demonstrated how much we love ministry. That's why we must love church. It's not enough to just love God. You got to love church because church is about ministry. It's about reaching. This is why the Lord said, Love God me more than that. Yes, Lord, you know, yeah, you love me. Yeah, that's what I know. Love it. I'm going to feed my sheep. In other words, your love for me is demonstrated by how committed you are to ministry, which is the spreading of the gospel. And so I've got to love not just God, but I've got to love the things of God. Or the things that are precious to God. When you really love the things that are precious to God, it lets you know that you love God. I'm going to tell you something, folks. The most, the, the most precious thing to God is His church. It's His church. Now, a few months ago, I was preaching up in Atlanta, Georgia, and the pastor up there introduced me to something called Periscope. How many of you are familiar with something called Periscope? Mostly young people raising their hands. Periscope is something that's connected to Twitter. And what it does is it allows you to film something live from your cell phone. And you just start filming live, and it goes out, and it goes to something called Periscope. You can download the app, you know, on your phone. And, and you put a title up there, and you say, First Pentecostal Church of Palm Bay Choir Singing. And you just start filming it. And uh, so you've probably seen me up here, you know, filming a little bit. And, and the services are going out, you know. And, and I went on this morning at Periscope, and I looked around, and there's like 15 different churches this morning that are on Periscope, and they're, they're filming their service. And the thing about Periscope is it's all live. And so, you know, you put the title up there, this first Pentecostal church, and so-and-so is preaching, you know, and then the people doing their cell phone. It's not like high-quality filming, you know, like you get with these guys that are putting the service on the Internet. But this is something that happens really quick and fast when people are using their cell phones. And so... When people that follow you, when they see that you're broadcasting live, they join on. And so as you're filming, you see different people that are joining. And you see their names come up. And those people can send you messages and say, oh, I really enjoyed the service this morning. You can say, yeah, that was so-and-so. Da, da, da. And you can refer back to them. You can type. And people really get into this. And this, this this pastor was telling me in Atlanta, he said, man, you won't believe this. I got 3,000 people that are following me. And he said, I got another whole congregation. He said, while you were preaching, I was filming. And people were saying this and saying that. And I thought, well, that's really cool. So afterwards, we were eating. He was showing me. And he downloaded Periscope. And he got it all on my phone for me. And he said, then he did a, we did a joint broadcast. Now, I can't figure out how people do this. Some of these guys, they film themselves every morning. This is Pastor so-and-so. I just want to give you morning manna this morning. I'm on my way here to there. And I just I had a scripture in my heart. I just wanted, I'm sorry. I just can't do that. I told the guy, I can't film myself every day. I'm just <laughs> They're like, oh, you get used to it. You know, you just share what's on your heart. And da, da, da. I haven't been able, I haven't gotten there yet. But this one part really intrigues me about Periscope. And that is this. As people are watching, they tap the screen if they like it. And if they're tapping the screen saying they're liking it, 
hearts start coming up on your on your phone and you're like wow look at all them hearts going up and they just tap it and that, i guess that means yeah there you go just like that <laughs> these guys are unreal and they just keep tapping and all these hearts and if you've got five people watching it and everybody's got their own color see how all the hearts got different colors they've all got different colors and you got five ten fifteen people and you're showing some i've shown this before well, as the choir was singing, I filmed them. I say, First Pentecostal Church Sanctuary Choir is now singing. You see me over here, and I'm filming the choir singing. That I'm not going to film me, but I'm going to film them. So I filmed, and the people are hitting their hearts, and it was going up. I, I was doing this a few weeks ago, and as I was putting, pushing, and hearts were going up, and other people were pushing, and hearts were going up, and the choir was singing. The Lord spoke to me and said, "That's how I feel when people praise me." Well, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. I got to thinking, what would happen? If 800 people started lifting up their voice in their head, God don't need Periscope and your cell phone. But every time you say praise God, whenever something bad has happened to you, once again, hearts are ascending and going up to God and saying, I worship you, Lord. Can I tell you this? This is what I feel in my heart. Every time something happens to you, and it would be easier to hate than it is to love, but you choose to love anyhow, hearts are ascending and going up to the Lord. Every time it would be easier for you to withdraw, but instead you reach out to somebody, that's hearts that are ascending and going up to God. Every time you reach out and you say, I'm going to show the love of Christ anyhow, I may not feel like it. I may have a legitimate reason to be mad or angry, but I choose to reach out. That's hearts that are ascending and going up to heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what God is calling us to do in 2016. Enlarge our heart, God. Expand our boundaries so that even when the flesh would want to react in a negative way, we choose to exchange hurt with love. We choose to exchange disappointment for confidence and believing because you never know what a person is facing. You never know what they're going through. You never know what they're struggling with. But what would happen if a body of believers at First Pentecostal Church in Palm Bay and Sebastian and Beachside and the Southwest Campus and our Spanish men, what would happen if we decided more than ever before in 2016, I'm going to exalt the Lord by loving God, by loving church, by loving people. I'm not going to carry things in my heart. I'm not going to let anything damage my spirit. I'm going to serve you and love you. Think about how that honors God, how that glorifies God more than ever before. And ladies and gentlemen, when your heart ascends through worship, through the preaching of the word, this love goes up to God. The Bible describes it as a sweet-smelling savor that comes up before him. And the Bible says that the Lord loves it so much that he inhabits the praises of his people. You can't love God and not love the worship of God. Let me say that again. You remember how we said before you can't love God and not love his word? You can't love God and not love the worship of God. There's something about when people worship God, it just pulls you in. It draws you in. You know why? They go together. If you love your children, you love to hear people praise or compliment your children. Somebody will say, your son is really smart. You'll be like, thank you so much. You just feel good about it. It may not even be true, but you feel good about it. 
<laughs> so if you love God, you're going to love ministry. You're going to love church. Now let's talk about love church for just a moment. Because David was a person who knew how to grow his heart with capacity for more of God. And he said these words, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David loved church. He loved the presence of God. He was the only one in Scripture that said, Lord, enlarge my heart. If you read Psalms 119.32, he said, I will run the way of thy commandments. In other words, I'm going to govern my life according to the principles of your word. When thou shalt enlarge my heart. Psalms 119.32, if you want to put it up. When thou shalt enlarge my heart. David was saying, enlarge my heart. Expand my boundaries. Cause me to love like never before. Now watch what he says. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I will keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. I believe David was saying, enlarge my heart so that I've even got more of a heart to serve you. More of a heart to understand your word. More of a heart to understand your will. I want my heart to grow so that my love can grow. This is what I believe David was saying. Because I believe you have to basically ask yourself a question and make a decision. And you remember how I said the whole Old Testament can be wrapped up in one simple statement, love God more than anything else? I believe that serving God can all be wrapped up in one statement. One question that you have to ask yourself. And here's what it is. Am I going to try and get God and His Word to conform to my lifestyle and my desires? Or am I going to conform my life and my desires to the truth that is preached from the Word of God? It's a basic decision that everybody has to make. Do I want to find a church? Do I want to find a Bible? Do I want to find a translation? Do I want to find a preacher that will conform to what I like? Or will I say, God, if it's in the book, I will conform my lifestyle and my desires to the principles of your word. Now, folks, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says the truth will set you free. That's what will set you free. Not a lot of glitz and glamour. Not a lot of programs and fancy this and that. What will set you free is the truth of the Word of God. You better find a place where truth is going to be preached. And I'm happy to tell you that for nearly 50 years, truth has been preached from this pulpit. You should know me well enough to know by now I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it all to make you comfortable. I'm not up here to build your self-esteem. I'm up here to say we got to get to heaven. And the only way we're going to get to heaven is if we love God and love the Word of God. So let's talk with this just a moment. i got just a couple of minutes. The way you conform your desires in the lifestyle of the Word of God is to be faithful to church. Fall in love with the church. That's why these shirts say, I love my church. Fall in love with this church, a truth-preaching church. We got a call today, or the other day, from the school that my six-year-old daughter, Sophia, goes to. And the teacher said, we got a problem. And we said, really? What's the problem with Sophia? And they said, Sophia's going around telling everybody in her class that Santa's not real. She's gone around and told all the students that their parents are lying to them. That Santa's not real, 
There's no way he could deliver presents to 8 billion people around the world, and reindeer don't fly, and you ought to be smart enough to know that there is no Santa. She said, the teacher said, kids are crying all over the school. And I... <laughs> and so... She said, usually I can reason with Sophia. And she said, I took Sophia aside and I said, honey, you know, you, you can't be going around telling everybody. And she said, Sophia said to me, well, they need to know the truth. <laughs> oh. She was in ski school the other day. We were out in Colorado skiing and she had these instructors, you know, and they're teaching. And a big person walked by and they started talking about who's the biggest man on earth and all this stuff. And Sophia said, God is the biggest man on earth. And her instructor said, but God was not a man. And she said, yes, he was. You need to read your Bible. <laughs> the, instru <laughs> the instructor told me that afterwards. She said, he said, you don't have to worry about your daughter, boy. She knows what she knows and she believes what she believes. Now, when we talk about loving church, what we're talking about is love and truth. truth. The church is not walls, per se. It's not carpet and concrete and steel. What the church is, is where truth is preached. That's what the church is. You can have church in your house. You can have church on the internet. You can have church. There's something about when God's people gather together and they say, let's embrace and love church. I'm calling on First Pentecostal Church uh, in 2016 uh, to fall in love with the truth uh, and say, nothing's going to shake me. There's going to be all kinds of winds of doctrine that are going to blow. But if you stay solid on the word of God, that's how you demonstrate love. Love the truth. And then finally, i got to close, love people. Love people. The Lord says, if you've done it under the least of them, then you've done it under me. I'm going to tell you what God's in the business. God is in the business of people. Saving people. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Saving folks. And the way that our heart can ascend under the throne is by loving people. Because I'm going to say this, and I believe I can back it up scripturally. The closest you will ever get to the nature of God is to love the world like Jesus loved the world. And when I say the world, I'm not talking about planet Earth. I'm talking about people that have not yet had a relationship with Jesus. Every time you reach out to someone in need, every time you decide that you're going to love, every time you're going to teach a Bible study, you're sending up praise, you're sending up hearts. Hearts are ascending and going up to heaven. Because the Lord says, they love like I love. You say, did God really love that much? Are you kidding me? What does the Bible say? No greater love had any man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. Think about that. Friends, you are literally enlarging your heart every time you witness to somebody. Next time somebody does you wrong, cuts you off in traffic. Every time you, 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 you get in line and somebody cuts in front of you trying to find a shortcut. And something within your flesh rises up. Think about instead of reacting in the flesh, what if you reacted in the spirit and prayed for them? 
say, Pastor, now you're talking about stuff that's not even realistic. <laughs> With God, all things are possible. I got to thinking, what would happen at First Pentecostal Church if 2016 we started loving people like never before? What would happen if we stopped judging people based on what they look like and just start loving everybody? Come on, somebody. Is there anybody that will join me at First Pentecostal Church in 2016 and say, we're going to love people like we've never loved them before? I want you to stand on your feet. It don't matter what they look like. It don't matter what they smell like. It don't matter what their background is. It don't matter what language they speak. It don't matter the color of their skin. It don't matter the color of their teeth. you got to love people with yellow teeth. Not everybody got pearly whites like you. Some people got yellow teeth. Some people got no teeth. Some people got disposable teeth. Come on, somebody. You got to love people. So many times we can judge a book by the cover and say that person will never come to God. You don't know what God is doing in their heart. You say that person don't love God. They got this. They got that. You don't know. If the Lord loved them, who are we not to love them? I say in 2016, we ought to get our hearts that will ascend into heaven by loving like we've never loved before. You say, why should we do that? I'm going to tell you why. Because that's what the Lord did for us. He loved us. When we weren't going to church, when the only time we used the name of Jesus was in vain, curse somebody and he loved us and you know how you and I return that is by loving others even though they may not have a love for God like you do maybe the only love that they'll see is the love that you show them because you're dealing with a lot of people that come from hurtful situations and environments some people have been abused by the ones that they trusted the most and they don't even have the capacity to love their heart has closed off just like we know in the natural when arteries shut down because of too much junk in them trying to get through those veins the old natural heart can struggle sometimes to pump because it gets clogged up you know what a lot of people happens that way in their spirit they just don't have the capacity to love because so much junk has been pumped in them emotionally, psychologically, mentally. Their hearts are compressed. They don't want to be in the place that they're in. They just don't know a way out. What would happen if First Pentecostal Church said, I'm going to love this year. I'm not going to judge them. I want to simply say there's a God that loves you. Regardless of what lifestyle you're in, there's a God that's got a better way for you. He's got a better plan for your life. He loves you in spite of everything that's happened. Jesus still loves you. You say, Pastor, if I can receive that, I wonder if you'd step out right now from where you're standing. Come down to this altar. The very first thing you've got to do is you've got to receive God's love. You can't even demonstrate love to others until you receive His love. Come on, God loves you. 
I want you to start out 2016 on this Vision Sunday. I say, God, I want you to enlarge my heart to love like never before. Come on, as people are stepping out and coming down, I see hearts that are ascending right now and going up toward heaven. I know it would be easier to stay put, but what if you just got out from where you're standing and pressed your way down to the front today? And you say, come on, I'm not going to hold something in my spirit. Not this year. I want to be free. I want to be free to worship you. Come on, there's a God that loves you so much. Come on, why don't you send some hearts up to it today by giving your life to him and saying, Lord, make me a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's it. Come on, just press down to the front. Come on, there's a God here that'll reach you. Take a step. Just take a step. Just move in this direction. Can you feel God's love pulling you, calling you, drawing you close to Him?